All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is the introduction for episode 115. Today, Jason Lingren is with me and the living man from Scotland, Robert Sproul. This is an interesting, interesting episode. There's a bit of a language barrier for some people who can't deal with a Scottish accent. I could understand everything Rob said, but I imagine some people have difficulty with accents, so I will be making a transcript and providing it free because I think this episode's important. What it comes down to is do living men and women have rights? Do living men and women have a right to common law? Uh, I would suggest that probably yes, they do. This whole thing seems like it's kind of in its infancy, like it's being rediscovered again. And there were plenty of times during this episode when I wasn't even sure what the right question to ask or how to ask it was. But nonetheless, what we're witnessing here is a common law court by living human beings has been established in Scotland. And it's an example. We can look at these things. We can see what the outcomes are. We can see how it's conducted. To me, there is no higher proof than that. So I would urge everyone, go subscribe to Robert Sproul's YouTube channel. It is Rob S, R-O-B, new word, E-S-S. I will put links under the video on YouTube and in the forum over at Crow 777 Radio for the membership there. Again, this could be a critically important episode. Who knows what happens in the future? It's not here yet, but maybe we're witnessing change occur. Maybe we're witnessing a bit of a march back towards common sense. I hope these things are true. We're going to talk about people who have lost their children for crying out loud and how a common law court has been set up to try to address this. In the second hour, we're going to open up by having Rob explain how a common law court is set up, and there will also be a web address given that people can go to to learn about common law. So that's about all I can say for the intro. Let's jump in with Jason and Robert Sproul and see what the living man has to inform us about. There it is, man. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 115. I have Jason Lingren with me today, and I'm very excited to have the living man from Scotland, Mr. Robert Sproul, uh, who is actually setting up a common law court. I kid you not. Um, this could be a sign of the times. We could be seeing change in the wind here. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning, Crow. I've been wanting to do this for quite a while, so I'm excited this day is finally with us. As have I. We've only got two hours to do this. Let's not mess about. Let's get Rob in here. Uh, welcome, Rob. Thank you for having me to give me the opportunity to speak and try and awaken the people worldwide. Yeah, I think the uh, privilege is ours in this case. I've been watching you for a long time. I think I first bumped into your channel when you had about 200 subscribers, um, and I've watched what's happened since then. Uh, I've been a little concerned with connecting the name of my channel too closely with yours because I've been censored so heavily. Okay, let me set the stage here. So uh, anyone can go to the Rob S. YouTube channel. That would be R-O-B, new word, E-S-S channel. And that is where Robert Sproul has been posting what he's been up to. He's been before the judge innumerable times. He's been in court or so-called court innumerable times. And what's happened is most of what I have seen on his channel, he's been marginalized by the very system of laws that's supposed to be protecting us all. And this is all culminated with a clip he put up about a week ago where he began to create his own common law court. So without, without going any further down the road, Rob, why don't you explain to us what you're doing and how you are setting up this common law court? Well, um, to let you understand, um, there's a, a mega fraud going on worldwide with the current corporation. 
There's two laws. Um, there's common law, and that affects America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere. It's being smothered by statutory law in your um, country. It's called statutes and codes. Here it's called statutes and acts. It's the same principle. And what it is is rules, policies, and regulations that people are being tricked and deceived into being. They think what is law is not law. As long as you don't commit harm, loss, or injury, fraud within a lawful contract, and do not damage property, you have committed no crime in law. It doesn't matter what jurisdiction in all countries are common law jurisdiction, and a major, a major fraud is being used against the people. And the people, a lot of people are uh, sleeping just now, and they need a walking to see what's going on because they're losing their inalienable and inherent rights, and they're unlimited in their capacity. But the way the system is treating the people by robbing them of their rights, their properties, their sons and daughters, and everything else. It's terrible and it needs to stop and the only way it can stop is if everybody worldwide starts to get the gist of what's going on against them and their families and what's happening and put a stop to it. Now, Rob, we did several weeks in a row on the law and the various aspects of it. It sounds like while we may not have had it 100% correct, that we're onto something and the things that you are doing are proving that there is something to this challenging of the mainstream notion of what is considered the law, the person versus the man and all of that, right? That's correct. The, the, the problem um, just now is that people are confused because of the cycle conditioning process since an early age at school, um, how they were taught to write their name, how they were educated. People are confused between man, woman and person. So let me verify in private capacity under full liability. You can only be a man or a woman. You cannot be a person because the person the person is on the, the document known as what we call here the extract of the birth document. That is a crown construct. Like in the, the United Kingdom or Scotland uh, jurisdiction, what it basically is, is a document with an uppercase letter in the first name, uppercase letter in the second name, that is a fiction, or the old capital letters in the name, that's a fiction. The families, the mothers and fathers were deceived. They're called informants. And what they actually did, they signed your rights away when you were created because you're a creation. A crown corporation can't create anything because it's a dead legal fiction. And this is the other way that they're escaping liability against the people because the people don't understand what's going on. So, Rob, and by the way, as we get in here, just for everyone in the United States who may have trouble with Rob's accent, we are going to create a transcript of this episode because it is so important. I will be giving it away to anyone who wants it. But, Rob, uh, even when we were talking before we started here, you were correcting the language Jason and I were using. And it seems like a good habit to get into. Um, you corrected me for using person. Can I ask you, how, when you speak, how do you refer to people? Do you say things like yourself? Or how do you how do you change your language to more closely fit what's correct here? A quick example is if you walk into a court or an administrative hearing in Scotland, they will ask you a question, are you? You relates to person, accused relates to person, defender relates to person, respondent relates to person. Whoever created this system is a very clever man or woman because this system, everything including statutory legislation and statutes and codes relate to person. Now, to be clear, right, for anything in statutory legislation to affect a man or a woman, his or her name would be, have to be expressly written in it. That's why they use person. It's a fraud. So person means corporate identity, right? Yeah. The name is incorporated. A man or woman is unincorporated. You are part of their um, corporation. When you fill in your, like, we've got a driving license, 
it tells you that you must fill in in black ink. That's a sign of the dead because the person is dead. When they tell you to use all uppercase letters in that license, that's you creating the fiction. And the trickery is they don't give you full disclosure. So any license, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a remedy on this, is null and void because there was no full disclosure about the consequences of what happens when you fill that in and what it is. It didn't tell you that you were going to be a, a legal fiction, a person, and liable or surety for all penalties and fines. So, Rob, this is a very interesting idea to me because we went at this before when we were doing our previous four episodes trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with law in this world. But um, basically, when you are born and you get a birth certificate, all these things are going on that you're never informed have happened. Your parents are even fooled into signing and doing any number of things with things like birth certificates in the United States, the issuing of a social security number. What you're saying here is these things don't hold any power for the simple fact that you were never informed that they were going on. Is, is that right on any level? I verify that in private capacity under full uh, liability. That is correct, 100%, because if there's no full disclosure, the statutory legislation in the UK and the statutes and codes are contract. Um, and we're in, in the United Kingdom, we're governed by consent. When you fill in documents and you're not aware of that, it makes any document that they send you to fill in null and void because there were no full disclosure terms and conditions or consequences, and it can be challenged because the, the easiest way to resolve the, the, the problem if somebody says that you are debt and they come to your, your home, your property, you ask them who's the debt for, the person or the man, and they'll say the person, and that's when you can have a field time with them because there's only a man, as I say to them at the door, you're talking to a man, there is no person here, and I am talking to a man. Or show me your person, sir. I'll ask them direct, show me your person so I know what a person looks like because I've never met my person or anybody else's, and it shuts them down right away. Okay, so what this sounds like is there is absolute validity to, in the United States anyway, the birth certificate, the social security card, all of those things. That is a corporate identity. And our courts indeed maritime admiralty law because it has to do with money. That's right. Corporate. There are no actually courts. There are administrative hearings, and the men acting in the role of judges are administrators. It's just corporate business, nothing more, nothing less. Okay, so... Because you, obviously at birth, are not agreeing to this contract, I guess it would be, right? That actually makes it null and void. Well, firstly, when this a contract or agreement was given to them and it was signed for, you had no way of understanding. You had no, you didn't know where you were, and there was no, you couldn't talk or identify anything because you didn't understand. So how can you be surety or liable for a document? that somebody else has signed on your behalf without consent, because that's the trickery. You didn't give consent. There was no possible way you could have gave consent in the first place because you had no ability to understand. Is there excuse because they're acting as executor of your estate at that point? This is the thing, right? Now, I've had a dispute with numerous people where I, where I live, and they go into court or the administrative hearing and they, they claim the trust, right? Now... There's nobody succeeded that I'm aware of. There's a guy in England doing something just now. I've not been Steve McRae. I don't know too much about him. I'm not really interested because all I know is I'm a man, and that's all I know. But you cannot claim, go into their corporate place of business and claim a trust that they created. 
So, Rob, I've been going at this idea for a long time, and it's good to finally speak with someone who seems to know the lay of the land here. But for years now, I've been saying in this part of the world, the idea of a contract, which is what we've been talking about here with regard to what happens at the birth of a human being, um, it's always defined as a meeting of the minds. And I've had problems with that for years now, because how can you possibly enter into a contract when the, defes- when, the, when the actual definition is a meeting of the minds, when half of the person involved in the supposed contract had no clue that there was even any type of agreement or contract being made? Well, that's true, because the ca- it's, it's null and void. They cannot do that. It's, this is where the fraud is kicking in. This is how uh, corrupt this system is against every man and woman, son and daughter in this planet. They're all conspiring to defraud the people of their inalienable and inherent rights, their property, their sons and daughters, their bank accounts. And that's another thing, the bank account. When you fill in their paperwork in the bank as black ink and uppercase letters, you're creating a fiction. And this is why the, the, the legal society, the legal system, no matter what uh, jurisdiction or country it's in, can get into your bank and take your money because the bank has a duty and obligation to give them the assets within that account. But bear in mind, the assets, it might well be the bank name on that account, but in that, within that account is the man or woman's property because only a man or woman can put that in there. It's their property and they have to fight to claim it as property. So all of this really comes down to money, corporate law, contracts, all that sort of thing. So what the way you're going at this is that the man is only judged by common law and the courts that they do tickets in, for instance, all the way up to goodness knows what, that has to do with money, that's corporate law and therefore is completely separate from the man. And what you're doing is you're challenging that notion and bringing the old school idea of common law back into play, right? Common law is the law of the land. And people have to waking up and start com- uh, coming together and start fighting to get it back enforced because this is one of the things that's the other problem. Now, we've got a parliament and you've got a, a presidency over in America. When you register to vote, it's the same concept, black ink, uppercase letters. When you vote for these people, it's supposed to represent the people which you know yourself is not happening. You, when you sign that, you're making a, a contract unaware and you're giving full power of attorney to these people. And that's why they can do what they want, make rules and orders and executive orders, because you've you've granted them power over the man or woman and you become a person. The man or woman go and make the vote wherever they vote. But when the, the vote is counted, it's just as the person filled in their paperwork and created a contract. And when you sign any document, you have consented to be in a fiction. And that's a fact. And I verify that in private capacity under full liability. Okay, so not too long ago when we were in our law series, I was talking about how ridiculous um, the idea of law has become in the United States simply because no person could possibly understand all the things that are legal or not legal. It's, It's ridiculous what's happened. And so will you take a minute to define for people what common law is? Now, I've looked into this, and it seems to me to be a much more common sense way to live in this world. So can you just outline to people what common law is? I mean, are there a million things you can't do? Are there a million ways to break the laws? Just define for us what common law is. The way I've been doing it, and it stands as as straightforward, common sense, as you've just stated, 
No right from wrong. Do not commit harm, loss, or injury. Do not commit fraud within a lawful contract. Everything that people sign is legal. Agreements or contract do not damage property. The law, common law, is inherent within. You have an inalienable and inherent right. Man or woman have an inalienable and inherent right. And because of the way the legal society, the legal system are working, they're being robbed of that. Now, how far back do you think this would have started? Then the the common law being replaced by the, uh, I believe you would call it the statutory law. This has been going on for centuries, unaware to the people. When people get put into convicted on what they call crimes, unless you've committed murder or something, that's different. But what they do in Scotland, I'll give you an example, a brief example. When you commit a breach of the peace, you disturb somebody's uh, breach of the peace, you breach a peace, you'd be arrested under common law. But when they take you to the police station or corporate place of business, it, turn, it turns into a statutory legislation and an act. And the only way they can do that is because it's a policy and they're often forced to get the penalty against the person. When you walk into any police station, corporate place of business, they ask you for your name, address and date of birth. The problem you have is when they write your name and date of birth down, it's all uppercase, so you're a fiction. And when you sign the document to say that that's who you are and you sign for your property, you've gave them consent. And that's when you become surety and liable for anything that they want to hit you with. And that's a fact. So that would be entering into a contract at that point. Yes, your consent because you're, you're acknowledging. To let you understand, when I get into a, a corporate place of business, I do not give the name. I do not give the date of birth. I do not give the address. I give no fingerprints. I don't consent to it. I give no DNA or photograph. And I, I, they come and tell you in the cell that you're going for it, whether you like it or not. And my answer to that is if you put your hand in me, I'm going to charge you with sexual assault or attempted rape. Because if I don't consent, you have no right as a man to touch another one. Because no man or woman has the right to judge another man or woman on their own merits without a duty of their peers. And no man or woman has the power to touch another. And they have no authority over another. So, Rob, can we start to address here what you have initiated? Um, it's I don't think it's your last clip up. I think it may be the one before your last clip up where you're actually with a group of people and you're beginning to set up a common law court. Can we start to address that? The common law court, this is an idea that I had, but the, the guy that I worked with, a man called uh, John Smith, has made this harm. And what it is, is we get uh, like-minded people together and we set up a venue and we present, there's, a, there's documents pre uh, presented where a case, what happens is if I've got a case for an individual in my, I will present that case and explain it to the, the jury of my peers. There's 12 in the jury, men and women. We don't know who they are, they just appear and they're picked at random, so there's no any collusion going on, and impartial, transparent, and independent. The documents are presented before the jury from the common law court to tell them what the case is basically about, and what actually happens then, the man or woman that's presenting the case has to stand and address the matter in hand. And what happens then is, they get another document from the one of the court officers, well they call them officers, I don't like the word officers, but because that's the way they, they want to operate, it doesn't matter, you're a man, it doesn't matter what you call yourself, you're still a man. Another set of documents are presented to say what the issue is that they want and the remedy that they want. And then the jury decide, they, they deliberate and decide. Uh, some, we had a case there last week. There was a guy questioning everything in the jury. It lasted an hour and a half and the evidence was straightforward. It was just a matter of making a decision, unanimous decision, if that was the case. The thing about the common law court, uh, my friend, is that you've got 12 in a jury, right? Their system, you can have a majority, right? But on our system, if one jury member decides that that's no what he agrees with, the case is done. 
the 11 other votes don't count. It has to be in the common law court unanimous at all times. If we, we get one that doesn't want to unanimous, the case fails. So, Rob, I guess I've got to ask you, is there precedent? I mean, how did you know to do this in the way that you're doing it? Are there precedents that you know? How did you know what's the correct way to set this up? Well, we know that because everything right now uh, to try and get answers for the people is trial and error. But what we've actually done is I've lodged the court papers in the the high court, court of session, one of the highest courts in Scotland. They've ignored them, right? They can't deal with a man. We've lodged them in England, Secretary of State and other places. I've lodged them in the Crown Office that takes the prosecution to take you to trial. Um, and they've, they've panicked as well because I'm claiming in the common law court as well, right, I'll address this in a minute. Everything's straightforward in the common law court. We've, we've, had, we've issued orders and I'll give you an example. I got a phone call from John Smith today. Now, a bailiff went round to a man's house to claim a debt and he was issued with a, a live birth record and the, the ownership certificate for the fiction. And the man says to the, the man that he went to, that doesn't have any standing. That's a nonsense keeper. So what we did is we ran a case way back some time ago, not too far back, and we got a unanimous decision that council tax was unlawful. And what we did is we got the names of the men and women, the individuals that was causing the problems. We put them on their private capacity under full liability as a man or a woman. And today I found out that we've had a result in there because the debt collector or bailiffs have sent the debt back to the entity known as council. They're not getting involved because they're getting held personally liable. And this is where the problem is for the legal society. They can only certify or clarify. They can never verify. Only a man or a woman can verify in private capacity under full liability. That's why uh, in my videos recently I've been saying that because everything then is the truth because I'm verifying it in private capacity under full liability and only a man can do that. So, Rob, you know, we've had so many people arguing about the last four episodes on law we did. And what you just said for me is so exciting. You had a result. It proves. You know, we here in America, we say the proof is in the pudding. Um, there it is. You got a result. So for the people listening, tell me if this is correct. A common law court is the only court of record. So when you put together this court and you did these things, they can't ignore it. Is that correct? They can try and ignore it, but we've, we've got to the point now that we know that we're in the right direction and we're going to enforce this. As for a court of record, right, every court should be a court of record, but because they're administrative hearings and they're done under statutes and codes or statutes and acts, the judge keeps the notes. And that's why when people like appeal, right, the word appeal is to beg. Partition is to beg to a higher authority. That's why people get nowhere, right? You have to notice them and make a verified claim as a man or a woman. Now, when the judge takes it, when they're doing a trial and the judge writes down the notes of what's happening and the evidence that he's heard, they use that to the higher court if you appeal that. And that's why people fail, because all these judges are colluding. They're all friends. They're all drinking together with the procurator fiscals, the solicitors or lawyers, and they're colluding to stop that. That's why there's such a high conviction rate, because the legal society have manipulated this. It's all about money. And when you get put in a prison, it's not about putting in a prison. You're putting a warehouse under their law, admiralty law. So a mainstream court would also be a corporation of some sort. And if you agree to it, 
you're one corporation entering into a contract with another corporation, which also at the same time validates the point that countries are corporations. Would that be correct? Countries, like, like for instance, it's, an example would be like if there were a debate, when you hear the news here, I laugh at the news because I can see right through it. They say that the EU is negotiating with Great Britain. There is no man or woman called EU. There is no man or woman called Great Britain. There is no man or woman called United States. This is why the people are getting problems that they're getting because they're using fictitious entities and fictitious offices like court officer to escape liability. Because there is no man or woman called court, uh, court officer. There's a man or woman acting in the role of court, uh, court officer. And that's who you have to go after. Right. So all this comes down to proof that everything on the earth is acting in corporate law and therefore falling under maritime admiralty law. And that's where a lot of this mythology that people debate about comes from. But in reality, it really is maritime admiralty law that everyone is engaging in. Are we getting this right? That's correct. The thing is, well, I've got a terminology I use for lawyers over here. I call them lawyer liars because that's what they are. They're paid liars. The whores of Babylon and prostitute known as solicitor, because solicitors solicit for business the same as a prostitute does. Now, when you walk into these places of business, you have a conflict of interest because the court administration here in Scotland, right, for example, is registered and done in Bradstreet, an international database to trade for profit. The solicitors work for the, the law society, the bar, as a private corporation in Scotland that's not funded by the public, so it's private corporations. The legal aid board for the people that's on benefits is a private corporation, and the judges is a third-party interloper. It's all about bonds. So basically, I, I mean, we could cut to the chase here. It's about it's about money, basically. It's about getting money, uh, getting revenue out of human beings. But you said a very critical thing a few moments ago um, with the idea that the how can the EU and Britain ever negotiate? There is no living human being named EU, and there is no human being named Great Britain. And to me, this really begins to underscore the importance of what you're doing, because when you said that, that is common sense. Logically, there is no person that can come in and try to break that down and make it mean something other than it is. In fact, those are fictions. And yet we've all been convinced through the evening news and all these other things that, oh, our supposed government is doing something for us with this other government. But when you boil it down to brass tacks, those are just fictitious entities. They don't exist. That's right. And there are two points as well. They use dog land and legalese. Like, for example, if you were arrested with what you call a cop and you were done with a road traffic code, at the end of the charge, I don't know how it works over there, but at the end of the charge in Scotland or England, Ireland and Wales, they'll say to you after they've read the charge, do you understand the charge? Now, 99% of the people at 100 would say yes, right? That is the, what you have to say. You have to tell them you don't understand. You don't understand what they're talking about because when you when you accept that you understand, you stand under their authority. This is the trickery and legalese. There's two languages being used. What are the people, the men and women, or man and woman, believe that understand is like when I'm speaking to yourself, you say I understand what you're saying. That's different from what their understand is. Because when you understand you're standing under their authority and you become incriminated, you've just incriminated yourself. And all, the other thing is never give information, never confirm the name, address, date of birth, because you're admitting to be in a fiction. And that's what what happens and that's why you end up in a, a lot of trouble. There is no law in Scotland under Scots law. You have to be suspected of committing a crime. 
you have to have committed a crime or you have to be a witness to a, a very serious crime before you have to give information. And what I do now is when the, I, get, if I, I don't get pulled very often now because I'm causing a, a shitstorm over here. This, I, I'll say to them, am I being detained? They'll say, no. Am I being arrested? No. Am I free to go? No. Am I being, and I keep repeating the same thing. But I always ask them, what is your cause in law? There has to be a cause in law. And a road traffic act isn't a cause in law because there is no injured party and there is no, unless you've crashed the car into another car, there is no injured party making a claim. And you can ask the man or woman in the uniform, are you making a claim that I've caused you harm, loss or injury? No, I'm, I, I don't consent to road traffic acts. I don't consent to your rules, regulations and policy. It relates to person. Every statutory code, every statutory legislation is related to person. Now, is all this because there's no injured party? A traffic ticket is there's no injury, there's no one being hurt or transgressed against? It's literally just money? That's right. Now, you have the right to travel freely, unhindered, right? But when you're, with their rules, right? I've got, I've got a heavy dispute with somebody about this just now, right? With their rules, if you're acting in commerce, you have to have a license. Under the other option, you don't need a license because you're traveling from point A to point B. But what happens is, doesn't matter what part of the world it's in, they try to enforce their rules on a man. And what they do is they use extortion. If you don't give the name, if you don't give us the address, if you don't do what we tell you, you're getting arrested and then you're getting violently assaulted because that's what they do. I've seen it here in Scotland. They smash people's windows and pull them out of the car for no reason because they're road traffic offence, because they'll not say their name. Then that's... That's where the people have to change because when that happens, you have the right to charge them with endangerment of life or common assault because that is common assault. No man or woman has the right to smash a window and pull a man out of a car. The other thing as well, right, I'll give you an example and then I'll let you continue, my friend, right? Now, if I was to say to my neighbour, go down the stairs to the other neighbour and give him a good hiding, right? And he went down and done that, right? Then he came back up the stairs and I says to him, now, Go to your family and give them all a good hiding. The chances would be the man or woman would say no, right? So this is how simple this is. If he's prepared to do it to somebody else and not prepared to do it his own, he knows the right from wrong. And anybody gives an order, right? The order, they get away with the liability. It's the man or woman that carries out the unlawful order. Need it be violence or anything else, it's liable. And this is where people have to understand you can go after them in their private capacity under full liability because everything's illegal fraud, even include the name. So we started to get into this, Rob, the idea that a human being doesn't require a license as long as they're not engaged in commerce. They could jump in their car and drive. It's traveling. The problem is, is that here in the United States, if you jump in your car and there's no license plate or if you're pulled over and you don't have a license, trouble is going to happen, almost certainly. And so as I logically begin to work out what you're bringing to the table here with the common law courts, it almost seems like in some regards, people can begin to stand up for their God-given rights, but without a common law court to back them, um, it's going to be a difficult time. Am I wrong here? It's going to be difficult. That's why we are pushing. We're, we're, me and John Smith and other people that's involved in this matter to raise the common law court have put our heads on the chopping block and we're prepared to go the full distance with us to enforce it because these courts, these statutory courts cannot deal with a man or a woman. They can only deal with a person. And I'll give you an example. Uh, way back, uh, 
I think it was a couple of years ago. I was in for, I can't remember the offence, it was a minor offence. And the court was filled with people and there were police constables and officers, whatever you want to call them, right? And the man says to me, I had a dispute with him on the bench, he says to me, if you are not that person, I am going to issue a warrant for your arrest. And I've looked at him and put my hand in my chin and I say, sir, I don't understand what you're saying because I am a living man. I am standing talking to a man. Although you're wearing a wink and a robe, you're still a man under that. Acting in the role of sheriff, you're hiding behind a mask. I don't understand what you're saying. So he says to myself, well, I'll make it crystal clear. And I says to him, well, I hope you do make it crystal clear, sir, so I understand. If you're not that person, I am going to arrest you for failure to appear here today. So I snapped my fingers and I looked I had a folder with me. I, put, I pulled out the birth document, the birth certificate, and I held it up in front of everybody in the court. Everybody was looking at each other bamboozled. I said, sir, I am the living man, Robert Sproul. I am flesh and blood, living and breathing. This is the fiction, Robert Sproul, the person that you are requiring to appear here today. The person is here. If you're going to issue a warrant for the person, I have it in my hand. Get the police constable to come over and arrest it. The judge got off the bench, walked out with a red face, didn't even adjourn the court. I stood for 10 minutes and I says to the procurator fiscal, excuse me, what is happening here? Is this man coming back in here to deal with this matter? And they told me to leave. And I've never heard anything since because I embarrassed him and made a clown of him on the dock. So it sounds like that the judge actually did know what you were doing, didn't know how to deal with it, knew he was defeated and just, that was it, walked away. The thing of the matter, right, this is the thing that I want to point out to people, right? People are going to these Mickey Mouse courts, kangaroo, because every time I get into kangaroo court, I'm looking for Skippy the Bush kangaroo, but I never find it, right? People go there in numbers because if they have witnesses, they can hold the judge to account because what is happening is writing words in conduct to deceive and defraud. And in, in any language, that is fraud. And they woefully and deliberately causing harm to a man or a woman without a shadow of a doubt. So, Rob, I, I guess I got to ask the question here. When the people of Scotland are walking into those courts, what you're calling kangaroo courts over there, and they stand before a judge, those judges understand, or maybe I should say overstand, the legal fiction that they're engaging in. So, if that is true, I'm guessing that they don't want you in their courts anymore. I mean, they must know that you're going to stand up as a living man. Um, so two questions here. Do the judges understand the legal fiction? And now that you are known to stand up against the legal fiction, uh, aren't they doing everything they can to keep you the heck out of their courts? Well, the, I, I went to court last year, um, September. I was set with a, a Trump top charge for contempt of court because what I did is, I don't know if you've seen the video, they keep taking it down, but I keep putting it back up. I exposed a judge and tore him in bits in the court for my sister because he stole her son. He couldn't have bought anything. But what he did is when he made his decision, he came back in and convicted myself as a legal person. But I, we didn't wait in the court. We walked in and ignored him um, because we weren't accepting his orders. He's also gave an order that I can't allow his papers in the court, but I'm about to challenge that because I've got the documents. I think I put the video up today. I think you've seen it because I sent it to you. I think you've seen it. Yes. Um, yes. They 100% know what they're doing, right? The problem they've got, see when they come under pressure for somebody in the dock, as they want to stand as a man, the biggest majority of people will fail because as soon as they threaten them with prison, they bottle it and accept the status as person. You cannot accept the status as person because that's them committing extortion by ways of threat by ways of threats. When you do this, you have to go the full distance and the media locked up, so be it. That's the way I see it. If they're going to lock me up, fair dues. Not the first time.
Okay, so having followed you for a long time, uh, I understand that in your part of the world there's a huge issue with what we – here in America, we would call it social services. I'm not sure what you call it in your part of the world, but they come and they take children for this reason or that reason. So let me ask you, if that happens to a person and then you convene a common law court uh, with a 12-member jury and they unanimously find that the law has been broken, at that point – how do you enforce the findings of your common law court? That's a very interesting point you've brought up because we just done a court last uh, week, last Sunday, in Dundee, and that was about a family case. There's no lawful reason for them to have her son. And what we've done is the, the orders have already been issued to four social workers. Also, the chief exec, the man or woman acting in the role of chief executive has been put on notice that they're personally liable. We... Me, myself, me, I don't, I don't like using that word, me, myself, John Smith and others are going to enforce this on Tuesday. Um, we're going to go to the police station and report crimes under common law, Scots common law, fraud, property theft, uttering false documents, personation and criminal subrogation. Now, this might be something that of interest to the people. Subrogation is for insurance companies that claim for third parties when they pay out if they want money back. But when people use writing words in conduct to deceive and defraud a man or a woman, it becomes fraud and then it becomes criminal subrogation. I've used this in courts here and they are shit scared of it. So are you expecting the police to enforce and uphold the decisions of the common law court that you've held? We are going to push this. It's not just going to the police. If they, if they refuse, they're getting put on notice because I'm actually creating two notices just now, right, um, for the people of Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales, and one is called the recusal of judges, right, from the bench. And the reasons will be specific why they're being told to, because there's a conflict of interest, firstly, and secondly, they're acting unlawfully by enforcing statutes and legislation against a man or a woman, not a person. Secondly, I'm doing something for the common law court um, it's a notice to remove from public office for abusive use of powers and malfeasance in public office. And again, the law of Scotland under Scots law, fraud, personation, subrogation, uttering false documents is not going to be used against them. And what's actually going to happen to enforce this? This notice will be put on the Common Law Court website and every man and woman will be asked to sign this and then it'll be presented to the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon or whoever's in power, and told them that people do not consent to paying money in a system where men and women are acting criminal against the people and we want them removed. And we're going to go a step further. We're also going to tell them that we want their wages stopped and their pensions stopped with immediate effect without delay. The people do not consent to paying criminals. That's how far we're prepared to go. Well, let me ask you this. If you have a common law court and 12 jurors find unanimously on some matter, when you draft up the documents, what documents are you using? Are you using documents that you have created or are you creating documents that will then be put into the corporate system? And the reason I'm asking this is because even though the corporate system is a fraud, it seems like when things are done properly, it's against the rules for them to ignore it. So, I mean, how, how does this work? When you have a finding and you make these documents, where do the documents come from and where do they go? The common law court created the documents. John Smith, that's his department. I, I informed the law on how we should move forward. But they create the documents and the orders are sent, signed for. And that's, that's when they're put on notice. Everything's done by notice because... They have no personal jurisdiction over a man or woman, and they have no lawful authority. They may have a legal authority, but it's in different 
totally different thing, lawful different from legal. Legal relates to a person and statutes to legislation or statutes and codes. Lawful relates to a man or a woman under common law. Is the common law going all the way back to Magna Carta? Well, the thing, in, the thing about Magna Carta, right, this is a bit I don't agree with because Magna Carta was created by a king and barons and it was for the purpose of the barons and the king and it's for a specific jurisdiction. But people are trying to use that Magna Carta. I don't, it's a legal document as far as I'm concerned and I don't agree with that 100%. People are shouting about that in England just now and they're using the free man in the land status and it's getting them imprisoned because a precedent's already been set, and when you claim free money of the land and you try to use certain things, they're just locking them up. So it sounds like it's sort of like we the people with the United States Constitution. It's more about the aristocracy. It was created by, by, by the barons and the king. It was for their purpose, not for anybody else's purpose. Right, so it's, it's, they're doing something for their own benefit to protect themselves as opposed to everyone. Well, at the time, it would have been the kingdom, right? Definitely, 100%, my friend. So what I'm finding interesting is it seems that in days of old, however long ago we're talking here, kings or queens, royalty of some sort, represented countries before the more modern times of parliaments and presidents and prime ministers and all that. Do you think that's when they started doing this switch from common law ideals over to the the corporate laws? I would say so, yes. The other thing as well, like... Income tax, an example, income tax, taxes was used for wars to fund wars, and when the wars stopped, the taxes was supposed to stop, but this system has took it to the level that it didn't stop, and that's why people are suffering deprivation and poverty just now, and struggling all over the world, including the United States of America, and that in their lands. The United States of America is a fiction, but in the lands, the people within the lands. The lands belong to the people, it doesn't belong to anybody else. You know, Rob, this makes me think of the situation that's going on here in the United States, where there are so many living men and women who have been crippled by debt. They owe the the tax man. They owe on their house. They owe on the university they went to. And what's even worse is medical bills. Uh, Medical care has gotten so terrible here that a person who goes to the hospital with a serious problem can incur many thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. But the irony here is all that debt belongs to the straw man, doesn't it? Exactly. The fiction, right? Everything. Like an example is... When a man or woman goes to have a minor operation, it's only the man or woman that can be operated on. But when you fill in their paperwork and sign documents, you create a fiction, and this is where the, the deception is. Uh, because the people, the taxes that the people pay and everything else that they pay is paid for this. It's like when you, in Scotland, when we get into these courts, we try to lodge a court case. They want to charge you a fee. Now, why are they charging you a fee? Because the court's already paid for. The people have paid for the building and the people are paying their wages. So why have they got to pay a fee? They're actually getting their cake and eating it. And the people don't see this. You're paying for justice and you're not getting justice because everything's gone ruled against the man or the woman. They're not interested because they uh, cannot deal with a man or a woman. They can only deal with a legal fiction, the person. So what I've been trying to figure out here... And the reason why I brought up about the royalty of old, that would have been a man or a woman, say the king or queen of England going against the king or queen of France. That's a person against a person representing the country. It seems that around the turn of the 20th century, right when motor vehicles actually started becoming a common thing, 
this is when everything really started to become solidified under maritime admiralty law on an individual basis. For instance, you never heard of someone riding a horse down the road needing a license to ride the horse. But of course, the horses were replaced with the horseless carriage that is the automobile. And then all of a sudden, you start having all this nonsense about, well, you need licenses, insurances, and all that sort of thing. It seems like the 20th century is really when they started putting this noose around our, our neck in a paper sort of way, right? That's correct, yes. That's what I is. It's just total fraud, fraudulent actions against a man or woman. It's all corporations that's running and destroying our lands worldwide and destroying the people deprivation and poverty and the chemtrails they're using them to uh, there's a, a thing I don't know I, I, I've not paid too much attention I need to look at it Agenda 21 depopulation this is what this is all about now you're really widening out the topic because this truly is going to feed into the idea uh, that people need to get through their heads that if you don't stand up and stand up for what you think is correct then by the people who run this place that is taken as your permission and I think chemtrails is a prime example of that. I have personally put up clips saying, I do not agree, I do not submit, I am against all these types of ideas. But Rob, to pull it back for a minute, when people get a license, like here in the United States, if we want to drive a car, we need a license, we need a registration, we need insurance. Um, each of these words, everyone listening could go look up, say, in Black's Law Dictionary, what each of these words mean and find out they don't mean what they think it means. Is that correct? That's correct, because it's all legalese. There's two languages being used, legalese and not uh, uh, the common language. But they're using the language against us that we don't understand and trickness. And that's why people have to research and do things. Like insurance, right? Um, I don't mind to be truthful paying insurance, right? Because in my eyes, right, until we get an answer to this, you have to be able to compensate somebody in case you cause them harm. If you have no insurance, that's terrible, right? But we're, I'm working on stuff with other people. It's a it's a big a big challenge. Like when I started this seven and a half years ago, I didn't attack just one part of the system. I've took on the whole of the system and the whole of Scotland, and of course, total chaos. Because when you're right. When you believe you're right and you know you're right, it's right, and that's the way to go. And if it means getting locked up in the process for short periods of time, so because I believe I'm right, and I can prove it. Well, a license would basically be permission from the government to do something that is otherwise illegal. But again, this goes back to the concept that that's over the person, not over the man. For instance, let's take a license to drive. A man has the right to travel but the person wishes to use the roads, that's commerce. Therefore, they need permission to be on the roads. Is that the way this basically works? That's the way it basically works. The thing, the so-called license, that you stay a license, that isn't your license, that's a fiction, and it's a privilege. So when you commit like a road traffic code offence, we'll just use that language for the conversation, and they decided that the offence is so serious that they're taking your licence away. They're taking a privilege. A licence is a privilege. A benefit is a privilege because it's all run by private corporations. Everything's a privilege. It's like if you get a, a man that's a joiner that's worked in the building trade for 50 years and he's great at his job, where does a man need a cab to say that he can go into a building site to do work when he's already done it 50 years prior? 
and if you don't get the card, you cannot get into a building site. That's them taking away your privilege. That's all privileges, people. It's not about licenses or anything else. It's just privileges. Once you lose your privilege, you you lose it. That's it. They've got control, but it's not actually the man or woman. It's the fiction that's losing the privilege, but you are held as a man or woman for surety and libel for anything that they want to throw at you in a legal world. So, Rob, here's another thing that's confused me greatly. So here the idea or the growing idea for those who are interested in sovereignty and common law is that if you're just a living man or a woman driving in a car, you're, the idea they always use is personal conveyance. I don't know if that's correct, but the idea is you're a living man or woman. You don't have to produce a license or say anything um, because you're not engaged in commerce. But I would have to ask, a living man or a woman has to be engaged in commerce so they can eat, so they can live. So is there any truth to these ideas? Can't a living man or woman engage in commerce and still be free of legal fiction? People can use the, the, the fiction for a benefit, right? Um, I'm working on I want to come out the system altogether. Now, what man or woman, right? The, the problem here that people don't get the concept of is that everything's run by corporations. Now, no man or woman that represents a corporation is going to come forward in a private capacity under full liability and make a claim that they have authority and can tell you what to do. That will never happen. So they use these corporations. There is, it's a rule, a policy and a regulation that is not a law. It's how people want to deal with them are. I can't speak for everybody else. I just deal with the way I deal with it. And the people that I know that deal with it their way as well. It's up to them to make the stand and challenge everything. Don't let anything go. If somebody comes to your home and says you are dead and they use a corporate name, say, excuse me, give me the phone number that the man or woman called, whatever the name was, and I guarantee you they'll say there's nobody called that. Then you ask them, are you making a claim I owe a debt? I've got, I don't care about the document. Are you making a claim? You're here at my property and you're saying I owe a debt. Are you verifying that debt? Do you have first-hand knowledge and can verify that? And this is the two key factors. Any evidence has to be verified by a man or a woman and they must have first-hand knowledge. And every corporation don't have that because they always represent a corporation. If it's like, for instance, the Bank of the United States of America taking somebody to court for a debt, the, the lawyer liar would say the Bank of the United States, well, I did it here in Scotland with the, the, the Scottish uh, Sheriff Court. I told him it was a Clydesdale Bank, Says that the lawyer says that they owed a debt. And I asked the, the, the woman at the other side of the table, you mean the claim that this man owes a debt? And she says, no, the Clydesdale Bank is. So I turned around to the judge and asked him to cite the Clydesdale Bank. And I asked him, is there a man or woman called Clydesdale Bank? And he says to me, don't talk nonsense. I said, well, I require you to summon the bank to give evidence and the case get dropped. All right, Rob. Well, we're coming close to the top of the first hour here. So we're going to get ready to regroup. We'll take about five or 10 minutes off and regroup to come back and start the, the second hour. But for all the listeners, through the four-part law series that Jason and I did, what we found was we looked for people who seemed knowledgeable, we brought them on, and immediately there were endless people who wanted to come and say, that person's wrong, it's really this way, it's really that way. And what Jason and I began to recognize is it really didn't matter what anyone said, whether it was right or whether it was wrong, it was going to get challenged dependent on the way that the people had been taught themselves. That is why this episode is so critically important. In fact, the proof is in the pudding. In fact, what we are witnessing here is a common law court being brought together, a court of record to combat 
the legal fiction that was the basis for all of the law shows. Now, when we come back in the second hour, we're going to get heavy into, I guess, what I'll call remedy. I don't know if that's the right word even anymore. I'm trying, I'm sitting here speaking, trying not to say the word person or that I understand something. These old habits are going to die hard, but we all need to start thinking in a common sense way. The remedies that we're going to offer are plain on the face of it. In fact, do we have the right to common law? In fact, can we implement these things if we're tired of being pushed around and fined and jailed and pulled over and all these nonsensical things that happen? Anyhow, that brings the first hour of episode 115 to a close. At the posting of this episode, there will be 115 free hours of content on crow777radio.com. You do not need a login. I hope to see you all over for the second hour, and I will be making a transcript of this episode for free available to anybody. There it is, man. Cheers.